Hello and welcome back to the Couch Chia Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt, New Year, New Me, Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Stellar. Actually, a little under the weather. But, you know, I'm just trying to radiate positivity in 2022, you know? Yeah, it's all about it's all about uh, good vibes, as the kids would say. <laughs> you feel old sometimes, Ryan. You're like in your upper 20s. Yeah, I feel really old now. It's like people, I don't know, like people were born in what, 2000 now? Like what? Like, that are like know, finishing college. Yeah, who are finishing college. That just makes me feel old. I was college was what almost six years ago now for me for us uh, five yeah. five going on six yeah I'm closer to 30 than I'm comfortable to admit mm, mm. so podcasts talking basketball though keeps you young at heart yeah it does I gotta stay on the NBA Twitter so you know I catch some trendy things every now and again <laughs> would your wife describe you as trendy I definitely, I don't think anybody who's met me would ever describe me as tr- trendy. Well, you do all right with the pod. You keep up with it. You use Google Docs and everything. Like, yeah. In terms of podcast world, it's pretty trendy. Uh, they were. I, I landed one, one thing, one trend. Trendy. Trendy, trendy man of the year right here. There you go. Uh, campaign. My uh, campaign for Jared Allen for most improved player a couple years ago didn't go so well, so I'm not going to start that campaign for myself now. Anyways, well, I'm just going to say COVID like just you know put everything on delay, so I'm going to say like that campaign is still good. Listen, I'm just ahead of the curve. All right, um, if you're the Pelicans, Matt and I are open for a GM job. <laughs> um, I know you'll be looking for a GM pretty soon. Uh, so we are available. I'm willing to move to New Orleans. It's going to cost you, but we'll get to, we'll get to the contract details later. Uh, anyways, before we get too far into episode 129, uh, f- let me remind everyone to follow us on, uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, if you haven't yet follow us on the podcast platform of your choice as well, and give us a rating or, or review that helps us out a ton. Uh, Matt, what happened in episode 128? Yeah, so we we talked mostly about Indiana. I can try to spotlight the team that doesn't get usually a lot of airtime. Um, well, with anyone, to be honest, but including us, um, the whole Miles Turner bit and trying to figure out what the heck is going on there. So that was our main topic. We also had our league pass teams of the week. It ended up being two weeks um, Again, out on, out on Christmas, visiting family, but still got to watch a couple uh, really good teams here. So I had Memphis now sitting at 23 and 14. Let's go. Everybody, go ahead, book your ticket for the Bane train. Desmond Bane, just that dude. Like John Morant, understandably, is going to get all the love, and he should. We got to get on Jaron Jackson Jr. We got to get on Desmond Bain. Apparently uh, this team is also like a top 10 defensive team without John Morant. And that was like yeah. incredible. They went like, I don't know, nine and one without John Morant or something crazy. It was just insane. Like seven and oh. But yeah, it was something wild. I was like, how in the heck are they doing this? Right. Um, also getting back to, we've made this point on the pod before Taylor Jenkins, just incredible coach. Can we doing what is doing? phenomenal 
coach of the year candidate for sure. I, I don't, I mean like this, I, I, neither one of us were this high on Memphis the fourth, no. what fourth in the West right now, they would be hosting a playoff series. Everyone was talking about them tanking this year, Matt. Yeah. And, uh, nope. Like they're just kind of handling business against everybody yep. at home, on the road. Like they have like quality wins too. It's not just like they're just beating up on the Houston's of the world, which we'll get to them later. Mm. They're just they're beating anybody and everybody. Um, they're causing Alvin Gentry to say not nice things in his post game press conferences. Like they're just doing mean things to teams. Um, really, really fun to watch. I think part of what is so appealing about Memphis is just like, I mean, obviously Jaw is a star, right? We can all agree on that. But like everyone else is just like you're just a good NBA player, and they just figure out how to play team basketball. I yeah, this is off like other teams and coaches, especially. It's just like, how in the world is Xavier Tillman just kicking our butt out here? It, no offense, like it's just like, who? <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. They're like seven, eight deep on their rotations, and I mean just every guy is you feel can get NBA minutes at a high level, um, yeah. from guys like Xavier Tillman to. Um, Desmond Bain, who you mentioned, and like they get they rotate. Uh, it's not like their lineups have been like set all year either. So it's been a really pref- impressive performance so far from Memphis. Yeah, and then Ryan had the Cavs listed mm-hmm. as his team. So they have twenty one and sixteen, fifth in the East right now. Did uh, and this kind of transitions us to the news portion of this. Did get some unfortunate news with Ricky Rubio. So now two guards down and out for Cleveland this year, but still a lot of encouraging things. One one tonight. Um, Came back and beat in the miserable Indiana Pacers. Ah, uh, yes, that was it. Beat the Pacers. Yeah, they. I, I don't. I mean, Miles Turner couldn't stop anybody. Yeah, I like Sabonis was playing. Like they had some some of their guys, and it just didn't like the offense kind of ground to a halt there, and they end the third quarter to the start of the fourth um evan mobley is just really good and like this weird three-man big man lineup of jared allen evan mobley and lloyd markinen has just been so good and it's really fun to watch um and they've kind of yeah kevin love and like i mean darius garland has been awesome this year he might be on a short list for most improved too um but it's just really impressive what they've been able to do this year with kind of like you said, a, a, a injured, they had a bad COVID bout um, during right before Christmas, and it's just been a really impressive showing from them this year, especially for Evan Mobley, their rookie. Right, JB Bakerstaff, coach, another guy on that coach of the year uh, short list right now. Former Memphis coach too, which is yeah. just uh, something else. Pretty sure he's been interim coach everywhere. Uh, yeah we like it um so two two fun underdog teams um in our league past teams from this past bit it's been fun time for some news matt uh as if you've been following the nba if you're on nba twitter uh you'll know that covid has been everywhere in the nba absolutely everywhere i feel like once you see one notification for a team it's like couple hours later five more notifications for the same team 
I think the Wizards the other night when they were playing the Bulls had 12 guys on the COVID health and safety protocol list. It's just been uh, kind of a ride here for the NBA uh, going into the winter, the thick of the season. Um, During Christmas, uh, following CDC guidelines, NBA changed their protocols so players can get out of quarantine sooner um, if they've been boosted and vaccinated. So there's some news. I, I mean, I don't know if there's a take here, Matt, but the, the COVID list has been long this year, surprisingly. Yeah. we Like, there's already been, like, more people, like, who've had to sit out this year than there were, like, last year. And like you mentioned, like, some teams, like, their players out in health and safety protocols list is longer than their active roster list at times. Right. Like, that's crazy. So, like games have some, not many, but some have gotten postponed due to like the Heat can't field a team of guys or or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do with all this, Ryan. Besides, like, I mean, shout out to the dudes who've been in the G League for like ten years, like the Scotty Hobson story and stuff, you know? Yeah, but like, I I can't believe the league is thrilled either that like some teams are playing like three guys out of their top eight man rotation. And then like after that, it's well, two, two guys in our G league and three others were signed to this week. And I guess we're playing. Yeah. I saw, I got a notification. I think it was, or maybe you texted it to me that Cameron McGriff of OSU fame, yeah. Oklahoma state fame got a chance with Portland. And then he immediately went on health and safety protocols like today. (laughs) Um, So like it's been stuff like that. And, you know, it's exciting for some of these G G league players to kind of show out um, with their opportunity. Um, Like you said, like if you're a G league player right now, who's been a long time G league player, like it's kind of your shot, you know, and maybe you can end up being on a long-term roster somewhere. Yeah. So maybe some good out of the bad there. Um, But moving on, uh, we have a trade. Is this the first trade of the season, Matt? I believe so. It's about as boring of a trade as I think we could have. Um, So the Cavs trade Denzel Valentine for Rajon Rondo. And uh, I think that kind of speaks how much like the Lakers valued (laughs) Rajon Rondo. (laughs) Like Denzel Valentine wasn't like with a team for I don't know. Like it wasn't like he was a high free agent signing for the Cavs. It was just yeah, no. Denzel Valentine. Like honestly, like for NBA standards, kind of sucks. <laughs> like he does. It, it's just kind of insane that uh, you know. I feel like Ron, uh, Rondo was one of the Lakers' bigger signings um, this offseason, but I guess uh, I guess not. Or acquisitions, I should say. I think he was traded, wasn't he? I don't even remember now. Like, but again, the point being, like, obviously, not a lot of value being added to the Los Angeles Lakers who desperately need anybody. A playmaker, someone to do something outside of LeBron. Um, so yeah. Uh and that brings us to our next bit of news. That's because the the Cavs felt like they needed to trade for Rondo because uh Ricky Rubio went down. Uh, for the season with the ACL tear. Um, so he was really good for the Cavs. He was really a, 
off the bench spark for them, sometimes fill in starter. Um, and it's a bummer. He was having an awesome game when he went down. It was toward the end of a game. And uh, I think he even ended with a triple double um, when he went down. So it's just kind of a bummer all around for that injury, especially my, uh, my calves. I might be switching bandwagons, Matt. Side mm-hmm. note. I might be uh, off the Kings and onto the Cavs bandwagon, but I guess it's easier to be on the Cavs bandwagon now. Um, another injury note here. Derrick Rose out eight weeks after ankle surgery, at least eight weeks, I should say. Um, and in other news, the Knicks offense also is out for eight weeks. Um, <laughs> more, more on them later. Uh, and last bit here, uh, AD went out with an MCL sprain is being reevaluated four to six weeks. And that was about two weeks ago. So um, he's nearing reevaluation, whatever that means. So Matt, you ready for a big topic? Let's go. So as it is the second day of 2022, Matt, as of this recording, uh, we're going to set some new year's resolutions for teams, players, coaches, front office, whoever we decide we're setting their resolutions. We've done this in the past. It's been a lot of fun, um, and I'm excited to do this again for 2022. Uh, let's do let's let's uh let's have you go first. What's your first New Year's resolution for a team, player, coach, whoever you decide? So, in light of recent news, um, which we intentionally left off of that news portion, Houston Rockets. Oh, geez. Oh, I forgot to add that to the news. Yeah, we can talk about this here. Y'all got to find, like, a therapist or somebody. I, I don't know if there's, like, a shaman somewhere or, like, what what is needed down there. But y'all got to find something. So I think I think they need, like, a, a, a like, James Harden come back and ooh. just, like, get rid of his junk that's, like, probably still around in one of the locker rooms somewhere. Because, um, man, oh, man, it's been a rough go for Steven Silas. Some yeah, some tough, like some uh, just tough times. That, yeah, you, we talked about it last year feeling bad for Steven Silas. Like he thought he was walking into James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and look what he's dealing with now. So. It, so, that's a good point. Let's bring bring in what actually happened. If you weren't on it on this the other night, um, so Kevin Porter Jr. right, the one of their uh, young assets, young stars, if you will for the Rockets um, got in a heated exchange on the bench with coach that spilled into halftime. And then at halftime, the Rockets announced that he's being evaluated, evaluated with a contusion on his thigh. Turns out that meant he was leaving the building. He was gone. <laughs> so, um, and then Christian Wood like uh, was benched for missing like some COVID uh, testing window. Um, and he like refused to check in in the second half and and put up like two points in like eight minutes or something during a blowout loss to the Nuggets. Um, just kind of a wild night on Twitter. And then Shams and Woj, I think, come out with a couple tweets kind of detailing the night for the Rockets. Um, and you can find those tweets. But it's just, I don't know, it's just an insane story that you don't hear much of happening. Like players leaving the arena mid-game. Yeah, it's like just like a disgruntled employee, like at the office, just being like at like lunch, like hey, I'm not coming back in today. And it's like okay, but there's like 
you know, 10,000 fans here, like watching your job. And you're also making millions of dollars, but that's neither here nor there. So like, yeah, that's tough look. Um, On the Kevin Porter Jr. bit here. Yes. He wasn't playing awful in the first half. Like, yeah. uh, Falku, because they were playing the Nuggets, Composo Mm. broke him (laughs) on that. Uh, What ended up being like a little behind the back pass to Aaron Gordon then for a reverse layup, like, which was just disgusting. Uh, what Composo did. So like, I'm sure that didn't look awesome or feel awesome, you know, uh, now well, the... Kevin Porter Jr. though, like, more importantly, this is yeah. twice. like basically got shipped out of Cleveland because he got his own locker move down to where the other end of the bench guys are and threw food and was yelling and couldn't get like under control and basically Cleveland's like, all right, deuces. Like cut him essentially. Cut like a top ten pick, like two season end to his career. Because that's probably Porter Jr. is like when he came out, like we all said, this is like a lottery talent, but you just you don't know what you're gonna get with him like mentally. Mm. And so he fell in the draft like in the first round. Like we all knew he was a top ten pick. Right. Uh and then now we're here, and it's like, okay, Houston, just because it's Houston, probably will hold on to you, you know, just because who else are they playing? But you're basically in the, the, the bad graces now of two teams, Cleveland and Houston. Right. You're trying to get a second contract, right? Like, and not like a, you know, four for 16. Like, you're trying to get like a four for 80 type contract. Right. Like, you are talented. But what team wants this now? Like, Houston's like, oh, yeah, we're going to leave you around here with, like, Jalen Green, like, teach him how to be a pro, you know? Like, well, that's the thing is, like, if you're – like, I know, like, it was – I think the coaches, uh, Stephen Silas and John Lucas, mentioned that it was really about effort, and, like, that's what the, you know, argument yeah, came from. Um, it, like, Kevin – as Kevin Porter Jr., like the Rockets were kind of building around you. Like you were one of their pieces that they were like considering a piece to rebuild your franchise. Like you, they moved positions and signed you after the Cleveland thing because they thought you could be a point guard and they thought they could make you um, one of their pieces long term. And like you just kind of threw all that down the drain. Maybe like you can re- re- mend some bridges, but like doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Like, I don't think that's going to happen here. And same thing with Christian Wood. Like, Christian Wood, we were talking about him as a borderline all-star a couple seasons ago, and now you're refusing to sub in? Like, for missing a deadline that you missed? Like, you did that to yourself. Like, this isn't like someone else caused you to miss a COVID timeline window or testing window. Like, this is all on you, bud. Yeah, and it's like if you don't like getting benched, like you didn't have to, you know. Right. You also have to recognize, like, okay, you're in a situation with like a young team, literally trying to build something here. Like, I would like to think Steven Silas like brought him in, sat him down, and was like, Hey, like you're gonna play a lot, but like I'm not starting you for the first three minutes of the game because you right. missed the 
testing protocol and you know i want you to be a leader out there and like <coughs> uh, i like saying that's how the conversation went i guess we don't actually know but like that's what i like to think happened right and christian wood however it happened wasn't cool with it right he was like oh for four in the first half like not really playing defense at all like you're playing the nuggets like it's hard not to play defense against like nikola Jokic, but like when you're not trying it makes it especially hard right I mean, you're playing the MVP. Like, that's like going out and not guarding Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, and and like thinking like, oh, yeah, we won't be down 22 at halftime. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, like upset about it and getting into it and like, like, how dare you call me out? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) And and then like, yeah, I'm not going to check in. It's like you understand, like you get paid to play basketball. Right. And you're choosing not to go in and play basketball like you know it's like at some point if we like there's a different conversation with like with the Kyrie bit you right. know and then there's this this is just like on a much less dramatic scale like the Antonio Brown thing that just transpired in the NFL this way right. it's just like what do you mean you're not going in there? <laughs> We're calling up G leaguers left and right. Like we're getting basically anybody who wants to play time on the court right now. And you like, won't go in. Right. All of a sudden now you, okay. You want to be on a contender, right? Cause it probably sucks losing. Like it does like, again, get you a counselor, a therapist to talk about this, but like you think of contenders, you're like, Oh yeah, we want Christian Wood now. Like, I, right. I, I, I see you sitting out like, yeah, let's, let's bring that guy in. No, you like, I don't know. Maybe Indiana's like, well, you know, see if we can get a lot, like, I don't know, send like Sabonis or like Turner there or something. Like, I don't know. Like, like you can go to Indiana. <laughs> like, have fun in Indiana. They're like, what, one game better than the Rockets are right now? Pretty much. I mean, like, Weeds and San Antonio, not particularly good either. Like, I don't, like, what do you think is going to like good come out of this if you're Christian Wood? Like short term, like in the game or long term, like trying to get to a contender. I mean, no. it's it's just a bad look all around, and I don't know. Maybe it, it speaks to more. We feel bad for Stephen Silas, sure, but it, maybe he's just not connecting with players. Maybe he's lost the rock, locker room. It almost sounds like that when two of your best players um, yeah. just kind of say, "No, I'm not playing anymore." But, like, where, where's Jalen? I know, like, Jalen Green's been and now, but, like, what's his feeling on Steven Silas? Yeah. Like, not saying, like, Jalen Green's going to decide whether Steven Silas gets fired or not, but, like. But Jalen Green's development this year and, like, is he progressing as a basketball player? Right. Should be, honestly, the more determining factor on is Steven Silas the right guy for the job or not. Because right. if Steven Silas can walk into like the GM's office like at the end of the year and be like, okay, Jalen Green's like the top guy we have to deal with long term. He has improved over the course of the year in this, this, and this, which are all like the three goals we had set for him this year. Like we, you know, he's developing in the ways we need him to develop, even with all the other crap. Like and be like, okay, what are the next three goals? And like they might give him another year then, you right. know? It, but if Jalen Green is like did he really improve his first year aside from just like naturally getting more accustomed to NBA size and length and strength and everything? Right. The only way Jalen Green is truly getting better this year than like 
bring in somebody else. Right. Yeah, it's just a bad situation in Houston right now. I mean, losing has just not been kind to that franchise so far. Um, and, I mean, the rebuild's not even close to being over. They have, what, maybe another, like, three years of this? Yeah, probably before, like, they're a playoff team. Um, so that's kind of concerning. And, like, you're one and a half this many like red flags are happening with some of the young pieces. Yeah. And they need a therapist. They need lots of therapists. Uh, so I'm going to get mine now. Uh, and I'm going to choose based off my next comment earlier uh, to set a resolution for Tom Thibodeau. Ooh. Let's find our offense. Goodness. That's like not Kemba randomly getting hot for like a week and a half. Um, you know, RJ Barrett's a good, I think, a good player. Maybe put the basketball in his hands a little bit more. Uh, and maybe find a new home for Evan Fournier. Because boy, oh boy, that is a, uh, that's rough, Matt. Again, shocker, Ryan. I'm <laughs> a fan of the world. <laughs> right now, I promise. I mean, it's not even the play. Like, we knew Evan Fournier was, like, not probably the best in the playoffs, but it's not even playoffs. And, like, the offense is just, like, sluggish for them. Like, not a lot of good, easy things come for the Knicks. Um, and it, like, it, it's been a rotation at center. Like, New Orleans Noel, yeah. they've, like, benched um, Mitchell now. And they've tried, like, Taj Gibson. Like, just Every time I watch the Knicks, outside of, like, some of those Kimba heat check games, it's been just, like, a slog. Yeah. And, like, Julius Randle out right now and, like, health and safety protocols. But, like, right. let's just be honest, like, he hasn't been as good this year either. Return to the meet, right? Yeah, which, like, okay, like, he's, he has gotten better still. But, like, yeah, last year was not what was going to be every single game and every single year for him. Like, okay. And every reasonable NBA fan knew that. Every New York Knicks fan probably didn't realize it, but <laughs> we all called it like going into the year. So like Barrett hasn't been great this year either, but like his last couple games have been fine. So I don't know. Maybe once Randall's back, like you start merging like his skills with like Barrett kind of finding himself a little bit and hope you figure it out. But the Knicks were weird to start the year with their bench being like the best lineup in the league and their starters being garbage now Derek Rose you've talked about that injury I just I don't know what they turn to Ryan to make this offense better um uh, trade machine Ben Simmons I don't know <laughs> like I, don't, I think it's got to be outside this this roster in this organization right now because it's I I mean, the offensive players are fine. And, like, the thing is, like, we talked about all offseason is that they gave up some defense to get that offense, and it's just not panned out. I mean, they're, what, right at 500, right around 500? Yeah. And, you know, bottom of the East, that's below expectations. But I feel like this is, a, this is a mark of Tom Thibodeau teams. Like, going back to Tom Thibodeau, like, the offense has always kind of just, like, been a question mark. Um, if it's not like a superstar producing, it's just like, uh, I don't really know what we're running. Offense seems like a slog, but we play really great defense. And that like it works for a while, 
but like if stuff just doesn't go your way like what's like what's the system yeah no there, there's definitely no talk, i've talked about this a lot with the celtics like there's no flow to their offense like right there there's not a lot of movement there's not you know this sensitive amount of like passing like i think that's what made the bench so good was like you just put in those vets who just kind of like know how to play in day basketball and they kind of take this honestly like very simple fairly stagnant offense and it's like just go to show like oh a little ball movement a little player movement you know know how to cut off ball all of a sudden it's like oh okay like you can kind of make this work but it without those guys now it's like Taj Gibson can like yell and scream at like the young guys about what to do but like he's just like the big man playing 15 minutes a game you know like only so much done there so that's the thing with Thibodeau is like how the offense still hasn't got figured out now and on it let's just be honest like what eight years of being a head coach yeah pretty ridiculous like I mean we talked about it this offseason we talked about when they hired Tom Thibodeau it's like we know what Tom Thibodeau is going to give you as a franchise. It's going to be good defense, but the question marks around offense, like the league is fueled by offensive stars yeah. and offensive, like that side of the ball. Um, so, I mean, it's fine, but at a certain point, like it's just going to catch you and bite you on the butt. And we're not even talking about playoff basketball yet. Like that's the thing, like regular season, it's supposed to be easier to get your offense. Well, and for all these teams you're playing that have like three G leaguers suiting up, like how how can you not figure this out? I don't know. I think part of this, and I'm not gonna I'm an expert on like NBA coaching staffs either. Like, how do you not find like an offensive guru assistant coach and should be like, you're in charge of the offense, right? You know? Right. Their last, the Knicks last what? Uh, 10 games. Let's look at this. Um, you can continue with what you're saying. Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, uh, if you're not going to have guards that can like naturally just get you into like some ball movement and like competent, like organized offense, like we we can't, we did this last year with them, which was Julius Randle just like bailed him out six seconds left on the shot clock every single time. And we said Julius Randle can't do that, you know, year after year after year. Like, you got to have some guards who can get you into something or, like, you know, get the ball moving early. And then, you know, if it comes to Randle late, like, that's one thing. But, like, you got to, if you can't have the players, though, because Derrick Rose is out and whatever, you got to have a scheme then. And they just, they've, Thibodeau has never had a scheme that really worked offensively. And it hasn't really worked ever in New York in these two years. And this year, it's just really looking awful. So, uh, since they've, uh, the last, like, four games, um, they've scored over 100 once. Um, and over the last five, they've scored over 100 twice. And one of those times was losing to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they only yeah. scored 80 points. Yeah. Um, and one of their wins was only scoring 94 against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Um, so, it, it's just been um, – let's say a little precarious for the New York Knicks um, and their offensive struggles. But anyways, Matt, uh, 
who's uh what's your next new year resolution so we're gonna stay in the state of texas here Mm. um jalen brunson is very good at basketball like very seriously i don't feel like enough people realize this like jalen brunson is very very talented so this year jalen brunson has started about half the games for the mavs shooting 50 percent from the field 34 percent from three averaging um let's see here we got him at 16 points a game uh five and a half assists four rebounds playing good basketball ryan uh playing 31 minutes a game kind of because they need him to right covid like it it just happens this dude needs i I don't know if he's got to like hold jason kids kids hostage and like demand more playing time i don't know oh you know if he's got to give luka Doncic a foot massage like i don't know what he's got to do but they got to get this dude the ball some more We've been screaming about it with Luca. Like, we need a point guard next to Luca. Like, someone else who can distribute, someone else who can make a play with the ball in their hands. And I'm not saying Jalen Brunson's like a top five point guard because he's not in the league. But Jalen Brunson's very good. Like, he needs to be taking more than 13 shots a game. He mm-hmm. needs, like, even once everyone's back healthy, you know, don't worry about COVID anymore. He needs to stay at like 30, 34 minutes per game because he's a baller. He knows how to create off the dribble. He knows how to attack the rim. He knows how to distribute out of, you know, paint touches for himself. He's fine playing off the ball in like a catch and shoot situation when Doncic is taking over. It's like that's cool. My my guy Jalen Brunson has been doing this now for a couple years. We got to keep this consistent once everything quote unquote goes back to normal like this this shouldn't drop off then because that's what always happens is he gets hot and then you know someone returns from injury and like we always kind of put him back on the you know back burner for you know an extra five ten minutes a game that we really shouldn't let's keep him on the court let's have a decision maker in there besides luca and they've been forced to with luca out recently let's keep this jalen brunson going mm. Mm. loves Jalen Brunson he was awesome at Villanova he's been awesome for the Mavs um and you're right he needs the ball more he needs to touch the ball more uh but Luca has to be willing to give it up a little bit more too yeah sure so again I don't care who you got to talk to I don't care what you got to do just make it happen <laughs> make it happen Dallas uh, I don't really have a lot to say because I agree with everything you just said so Matt, we can move on to my next resolution then for a team. This time we'll go back West Coast. We'll go with the Kings. My Kings, my beloved Kings. They have yet another resolution, another year. And again, the resolution is just to make the plan. That's all it is. This is like the resolution that everyone sets, lose 10 pounds. It just keeps coming back. You know, in February... We all know it's just not happening. Um, it might be weight loss for the Kings. It's just making the playoffs. Uh, they are currently at the 10th right now. They are by the skin of their teeth in the play-in. 
And this team has kind of been a low-key disaster this year. Um, it's been a disaster this year. And somehow, like, they're still in that conversation. It's because the West is just also kind of a disaster this year, too, um, with so many injuries to a lot of the upper-tier teams. I don't know what to do with this Kings team. I think I originally I was going to make a resolution that they need to figure out like what their future is because, you know, the, it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere, but then they have like a real shot to make this play in tournament and they have to go for it. Like they may like, you know, teams will call about Harrison Barnes will call call about, um, Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Three-point shooter, played at OU. Buddy Heald. Why couldn't I think of Buddy Heald? They'll call about Buddy Heald. Um, And, like, I think they'll have to hang up the phone unless it's, like, two first-round picks. Like, you're not – like, you can't just give up on a chance to make the play-in, right? Like, I know it's kind of just, like, a fringe chance. And maybe things shake out so that, you know, they end up not making it anyway. But – I don't know how you don't at least go for it. For the Kings, like it's worth it to go for it, right? Like they're that desperate. Like they can trade all those pieces in the offseason, right? Sure. And I think there will be some teams that will offer stuff because a lot of teams feel like, well, if I just get one more guy. Yeah. Like if we ever have health and safety protocol concerns again, like it's fine then, you right. know? But part of this discussion isn't just the Kings. You, you alluded to it. Part of the discussion is the bottom of the West. Yeah. Like the Spurs, I mean, they're young. Like, they are kind of a mess right now. Let's just be honest. We, we've already talked about Houston. Oh, no. We've talked about New Orleans on the past pods. We know. What? I mean, and then there's your Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, uh, the, we'll we'll talk about them here in a little bit. And the I mean the Trailblazers, they might just like that's count most them. importantly who we need to talk about. Let's pour yeah. the here. Yeah. This, this is a two part segment for me. <laughs> They're two and eight recently, like in their last ten, lost four straight. Bill Chauncey Billups, head coach, was in health and safety protocols. Ryan, I don't know if you have it up in front of you. I hope you don't. What is the Portland Trailblazers record on the road this year? I feel like I was just looking at that and it was like two and something. It wasn't two really good. Two and 13. Yeah, oh. two and 11 in total games for the month of December. Not, not great. So they were basically, they were 500 coming into December. Now they're 13 and 22. So like, yeah, the Kings... Like, okay, like, let's just see what happens here. Kings are 16 and 22. They've just played some more games than everyone else, basically. Now, I don't know what's going to happen here, Ryan. I really don't. Part of me is like, yeah, the Kings, like, let's, let's get them in for once, you know, to go lose in their one playing game. But, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of to the point of Kings, like, just screw them. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's again, like, I don't. I think we were talking about before the pod, like how where the New York Giants have drafted in like the top 15 of the NFL draft for the last like seven years. Um, the Kings are like the same thing. Like they've drafted in the lottery consecutively for how long? 
I mean, there has to be a streak of like eight years at least. And they've just like missed, they missed on their guys and it's caused them so much just setback of year after year. And it looks like they're headed to another rebuild. It's not even like a retooling. It looks like it feels like it's going to be a rebuild. Um, you know, new front office, new coach, all the stuff. And I don't know. I don't know what to do with this team. I, I You certainly at this point in the season can't trade away any pieces. I think teams are going to be very curious about Harrison Barnes. Um, and I think... Again, like we talked about trading him last year. I don't think you can trade him at this point, and it's going to suck after the trade deadline. They're going to play their way out of the play-in, and then you'll wish you have traded Harrison Barnes and gotten that extra pick or whatever. Right, right. So recently with the uh, the Sacramento Kings, Ryan, let's just talk about this draft bit because even guys like we like, for example, with De'Aaron Fox, He's just, for whatever reason, and you'd have to be really involved with the Kings organization to really be able to figure this out. Like, he's just, he's not everything they need him to be, you know? So, like, recently, Sacramento, Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, like, okay. like It's good, fine. Yeah, right, and we talked about De'Aaron Fox, okay. All right, Marvin Bagley, it's a tough one, right? (laughs) You know, uh, it it's just like Willie Cauley Stein, Nick Stasky, Ben McElmore, you know, like Thomas Robinson. Like it, the point is just like they. It doesn't feel like they've had a franchise changing changing player since Demarcus Cousins in that draft pick, right? Demarcus Cousins obviously had some other issues that didn't allow him to become his greatest. But also, Sacramento had so many issues surrounding him with quality talent that, like, I don't blame him for eventually wanting out. And, right. Like, getting a shot somewhere else. So, like, they they have to develop players, and they just – they don't develop anybody. That's the thing. It feels – I mean, we've talked about this, I think, briefly recently, is that Darren Fox really hasn't progressed much at all, um, and that's hurt the Kings and their – like long-term outlook. Um, so they kind of got to figure some, I mean, they have a, to look themselves until when's the trade deadline start of February. They have to look at themselves in the mirror for a long time and figure out what they want to do. But as of right now, if I were the GM, you can't just throw away an opportunity for a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs essentially in a, two decades to just throw that away. And I, I have a hard time saying no to that. Yeah, I get it. Reeks of desperation, but I get it. Um, okay. Let's just see if we, I can knock this next one out. I get touched on them. I, I don't even know if I feel bad for them the way like we kind of feel bad for the Kings. Like the Pacers, again, we spent the last pods, so we won't spend a lot of time on them. I think if anybody giving you a decent deal right now for miles turner like you should be thankful for it and just take it like mm. I, i'm to the point of like it don't even matter as long as it's like fair like be, would be considered fair compensation like i think that's good you know i don't care if it's a guard if it's a wing if it's a big 
draft picks, what it's Ben Simmons. If it's <laughs> if it would be considered fair, just take it. Like you're you're just you're going nowhere. <clears throat> you know, like let's just let's get this elephant out of the room. Let's just clear it out. Let's just move on with, with what's next. And mm. I'm not saying like just change for the sake of change but change for the sake of establishing a direction Mm. miles turner like whatever you think of him as a player and as a person and whatever like he's he's just one replaceable because of his natural position in the nba but two like he he's not a foundational piece even like at the center position like no matter what he's not a foundational piece moving forward mm. like very few centers are foundational pieces like Jokic, Embiid you, like Giannis essentially uh, yeah I mean, Giannis I, yeah, yeah, basically play center when they go to their death lineup in the playoffs but like not a lot of centers are worth it you know like right. you, you can't find a center that's like not gonna execute whatever it is you want them to execute. Like if you want to be more of a floor spacer or a lob threat, like whatever, you can find a center who does it and you can find a center who does it. That's like cheaper and less of a headache. I'm going to say like things in the media, it's going to piss the team off. Right. Like I am just referencing like my Celtics, right. Mm-hmm. Robert Williams, you know, basically like 12 million a year run hard, catch lobs, play defense, get rebounds. Like, okay. Right. And just, like, be, like, a cool dude. Okay. Like, why Why are you paying Miles Turner, like, 150% of what Robert Williams makes? You know? Yeah. Yeah, Robert Williams doesn't shoot, but also Robert Williams does pass. So, like, there's offensive value also in Robert Dillian. Robert Williams does away from the rim. Like, you can find guys, you know? Mm. Like, just – you got a decent deal on the table. It's considered fair for both teams. Just take it. Just take it. Move on and see like where you can actually go with the guys you want to go there with. Mm. Yeah. I mean, this, this India thing is getting to a point where it's just ridiculous. I mean, they have what 14 wins on the season. Like you just gotta, you gotta pick a direction. You can't just straddle the fence like they have been for so long and this is like a, a, a side effect of that, right? Of this like weird relationship now that Turner has with the team. And like, I don't know, like it's, you've changed coaches, you've changed, um, I feel like front offices, but uh, players have tr- changed. I don't know what you're expecting with this Pacers team at this point. And you're right. They do need to get off Miles Turner. Um, and they just need to find a deal. I mean, there's deals out there. Um, and they just have to come to terms with that. They're either not getting the value that they're expecting or um, that they're just not not going to get everything they want. So, yeah, they are, like you mentioned, 14 and 23, 13th in the East right now. <sighs> Honestly, like I know it's not the exact same, but similar position to Portland like we were just talking about 3 and 14 on the road here with this team 3 and 7 in their last 10 lost their last four like i mean they had the heartbreaker against chicago um demar derozan's floater three pointer you know like 
and they come out and lay an egg against Cleveland tonight. Like I, they haven't even been ravaged by like the health and safety protocols either, though. Like you know, maybe and hear me out. You don't fire a really good coach just for making you know the playoffs every year yeah. to then turn around and not make the playoffs the following two seasons. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, Nate Bjorken definitely was not the answer. And Rick Carlisle, I don't know. Probably can be helpful. You know, you know the last time Rick Carlisle won a playoff series, Matt? Uh, a while ago. 2011. Yeah, we were still in high school. Yeah, like, I was still in high school. And that was when the Mavs won the championship. That's how long ago it was. So I don't – I wouldn't say, like, Rick Carlisle is for sure the answer. He might be in Indiana – but he also hasn't exactly wasn't spectacular as last destination either toward yeah. the end. So, you know, I think it's time for Indiana, Portland, some of these similar franchises. You know, let's make a deal. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm, you know, like Howie Mandel, like shout out deal or no deal. Uh, <laughs> great, great TV show. Sponsor uh, us, ABC. Yeah. Oh, that was good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and admit it Uh, uh, over uh, the winter break when Mm. we were off Mm. back visit family in Missouri and my family is very old. And uh, so like they have very basic television and one of the channels just like replays like old shows like that. And it definitely came on and I watched it for like three straight hours. Nice. Shout out deal or no deal. Also, I was like, screw it. I'm bored. Downloaded the app on my phone. Oh my god! <laughs> Been playing a little deal or no deal, you know, in the downtime. Um, so I'm just, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like shout out. Um, that was a great show. Better than a uh, Price is Right. So I'm changing one of my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Matt, get a hobby outside of basketball. <laughs> um, anyways, moving on to my uh, next next to last i guess uh new year's resolution it's for my oklahoma city thunder mat we got to play poker more this tank is not working poku's the key to the tank play that dude and we're gonna start losing more games um and that's just that's the news resolution that's it there's not much more to talk about it poku's not a very good player and uh it's gonna help the thunder lose more games he had like that missed reverse transition dunk the other day. It's just awesome. Um, yeah, 13 wins right now for Oklahoma City. Like it's too many. It's like 10 too many. Like yeah. I, I, I want I want the Thunder to be more in the magic range of like seven wins rather than closer to the freaking Kings at 16 wins. Um, twice as many wins as Detroit. Like yeah. Cool. Yeah, it, it, it's what happens when you have good players on your team like SGA and Josh Giddy. You know, Josh Giddy, youngest uh, triple double ever in the history of the NBA, logged it tonight against Dallas. Let me tell you, Ryan, some of those passes he was throwing. I mean, he does it every game, but good Rookie, n- rookies don't do the stuff he does. That's all I'm gonna say. I I don't, I don't want to come across as overexcited, um, but. Yeah, rookies don't do what Josh Giddy does. And for any Thunder people listening to this who are still listening, yeah, be excited about Josh Giddy. This is uh, not a common, not a common kid. 
so much, so much excitement there. Um, okay, so we each got one left. So we referenced it a little bit. I want to bring it up though. Uh, just let's. I'm kind of just into this. Let's just keep this going. Every hooper who wants to make it to the NBA, mm. just just keep going. At this rate, Ryan, like I'm going to get signed at some point. You know, like it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> some of these guys who are playing an NBA game right now, like guys who it's like, oh yeah, you were the backup point guard at South Carolina five years ago. Like it's like who? Like I'm not gonna like I, I'm big into the draft, right? Like I got watch lists, you know, 150, 200 players deep. And there are some guys getting minutes right now in the league that I'm like, who are you? Like, oh, yeah. Like, from like six years ago, you were at Hofstra. Uh, like, it's just wild right now. Who's playing in some of the games? The, and, uh, you know, like, we got the Greg Monroe game the other day. Oh, my uh, God. And my, my Celtics went up there and just laid an egg against Minnesota. We're like, one, Greg Monroe, like, kind of beat the crap out of us. But also, too, he's like, yeah, like, Jalen Noel had a really good game. Didn't know who he was four hours ago. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> like, you never heard of this kid. Um, who's, you know, like, this 22-year-old um, from Washington. Um, was a fun player. Um, just uh, erratic, but fun player. But, yeah, he was like, yeah, he really had a good game. Couldn't have told you his name though, like before the before I got here, <laughs> and it's just like, what is happening? I'm mm. kind of in love with it. Also, though, it gets to a deeper point of more selfish point of mine, which is like the NBA needs to care a whole lot more about its G League, mm. just in general. Yeah, like let's just be honest. Like some rookies or like second year players like need more reps or like just need some time to develop. And like the Warriors are trying to do a good job. Like, let's go get Moses Moody minutes. Let's get Jonathan Kaminga minutes, you know? Right. Like, but most teams like don't utilize their G league for just about anything. Like the Celtics would do a good job of it. Like let's, you know, when Robert Williams is in, let's go get him some minutes down there. Right. But some teams just like don't use their G league. So I, I really, feel like this is one shout out to all these dudes who have been playing in you know europe or wherever and finally getting that shot like it's super cool you know you can always say like i wore number 11 for three games for the you know san antonio spurs but like more importantly the league like in teams invest in your g league like some teams are finally getting a g league team like right invest in it use it for your young guys use it for like those dudes coming back from an injury and need a game or two to get like back and ready like let's let's utilize this a little more so it's not just like who are they (laughs) yeah i feel like there has to be some sort of like bundle especially like with league pass and like we're kind of basketball junkies like can we just get like g league games included yeah in right. league pass like i don't know i pay a lot for league pass it seems like it would be something minimal to add but like good exposure for those yeah. teams and those guys um so yeah you're absolutely right 
Well, and like how many times like on NBA TV, like do I flip over and it's just like past like 1984, like Phoenix Suns game. I'm just like, you know what? Like it's cool. I don't really care. <laughs> that was like, like almost 40 years ago now. Yeah. Like, can you know, like it sounds stupid, but like, I don't know. Give me the Motor City Cruise versus the OKC Blue. Like, like let's go. Right. You know, like, just like, give me something. I don't know. Let me watch basketball. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I feel like base. I I mean, I don't like giving baseball props for anything, but baseball does a great job of this. Like, not of just like promoting, but like, I mean, I have so many of those um, minor league teams that like, I don't know. It feels like an event going to the game. It's just like a cool atmosphere. Yeah, I think the NBA could do a lot with their G League teams. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be the biggest arenas. doesn't have to be the you know hugest deal. But like, I don't know, make it like cool old school basketball arenas. You know, make it where it like feels like you're at a you know really awesome like college you know old wooden gym. Like, just we're here for the love of basketball. Right. The league just doesn't care about it. Teams just don't care about it. Coaches, especially, like, don't care about it. Like, they don't know how to utilize it, it feels like. Right. That's just personally something I think the league needs to look into doing more. Mm. So, and this year is just kind of brought forth the issue as to why it, in the extremist of circumstances, is necessary. Mm. Good resolution. All right, Matt. We've come to my maybe favorite new year's resolution i already that's, have a head and that's for your that, that's for your boy brad stevens he needs to figure out this roster situation the celtics i think i'm gonna say it are my biggest disappointment this season so far they're currently 18 19 ninth in the east ninth they're sitting below a team that didn't have a superstar for the longest time and then the Cleveland Cavaliers. Matt, your team is playing worse than the Cleveland Cavaliers. If we said that six months ago, what, 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 I mean, what would you have thought? I would have, like, prayed, like, Jason Tatum, like, broke his leg or something. Like, you know, I, I mean, we were talking about this um, a couple days ago. Like, like, let's just be honest. Like, it is more fun to watch the Cleveland Cavaliers than it is the Boston Celtics right now. Like, it is which is wild. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it's disturbing how like unfun the Celtics are and they should be nothing but fun. Right. It took, it took I mean, I know Tatum's out in the health and safety protocols right now. It took a Jalen Brown 50 point game to beat the magic in overtime today. Ryan, a seven, like, one team. Like, come on. I, and it's not just that, obviously. It's this team is just abysmal to watch. Like, right. I mean, we talked about the Knicks' offense earlier. Like, the Celtics' offense really isn't any better. Like, mm. let, let's just be real honest. And defensively, like, they've been fine, you know. But I, for like both of those teams, it's like, yeah, I want you to have a good defense. Like, I'm not saying don't have a good defense, but. You know, like we've talked about this on the pod before. It is more important to have a top half of the league average offense than it is 
defense. Like you need both to win a championship. But if I got to pick one, I'm going to pick the offense and trust I can just schematically get the defense where it needs to be enough. You know, horrid. Yeah. I mean, it's just bad. I was thinking about this and like how the other day, I was thinking about this the other day, like how badly did this team need Lonzo Ball? Yeah, he would be helpful for sure. I don't know if he'd fix everything. Like that's kind of revisionist history, but like he would help. Yeah, I just think like, I mean, they need someone like, I mean, a Ricky Rubio would have been great. Lonzo Ball. I don't know. We talked about like how the point guard market is kind of saturated, but like everyone wants to kind of keep their point guards. Um, I just don't know like what, like a player that fits with the Celtics. Like, are you going to have to overpay for like Monte Morris to get this team like right on offense? I hope not. <laughs> like that's what, that's what it kind of feels like. It's going to feel like you're going to have to trade Marcus smart for Monte Morris at some point. So I was like thinking about, cause we've talked about this privately of like the Celtics, like they, they need a point guard. Like, they, they need Dennis the Schroeder ain't it yeah he ain't it you know he was out there for six million dollars for a reason I we need a ball movement player movement lead guard or guards plural I I'm of the opinion that we don't need a 22 year old point guard unless it's like a really skilled one for this but I also don't think we need like a 32-year-old point guard that's like in a different stage than Jalen and Jason. Right. So like obviously we're talking about the sweet spot of like a 24 to 29-year-old point guard who can grow with these wings and, you know, do everything we need to do. Basically impossible to find and keep both Jalen and Jason. But I mean, like, what are we talking about here? He's not even eligible. Like Malcolm Brogdon, <laughs> right? Dejounte Murray, like, right? And if you're uh, trading for Dejounte Murray, there's no way you're keeping Jalen Brown, right? Like, if we want to do the big Jalen Brown shakeup, <laughs> I don't know. Do you think? Can you, do you think you can get Jamal Murray? Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, like, coming off this knee injury. Uh, maybe you just try and see if you can get him for slightly lower than what Denver would want. Uh, Ryan, here's one name I was really thinking about. And ironically with the Knicks, this is the guy everyone wanted the Knicks to go get last year. Fred Van Fleet would be so good on that. (laughs) That's a perfect fit. Perfect. I mean, but one, Toronto obviously not really in a need to trade him, but also, like, probably not wanting to trade with the Celtics either on that. So, right. like, and if you're Boston, like, you don't want to give up Fred for – or don't want to give up Jalen for him. Right. So, He's like, older, too. He's, like, 27 already and yeah. on that but, big contract. Um, yeah, and I'm okay with it, you know, especially right. if, like, you feel like you can definitely re-sign him. But, like, if, if Toronto is thinking about, like, okay, if we're even willing to listen to this, like – they probably don't want Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. They probably right. don't want Al Horford. 
you know, because they're like, we just traded for Precious um, Achua. We just, you know, went out and got Gary Trent. Right. Just drafted Scotty Barnes. Like, why do we need someone else very similar to those guys or someone's else? Like, why not just keep Fred Van Fleet at that point? So, you know, I'm just, I'm daydreaming here. But like, those are the type of guys like we need. And I just don't feel like there's a great way for Boston to like realistically get them. That's the tough thing is like Boston has those big contracts and then they don't really have any other sort of contracts to speak of those like middle contracts to like trade for things. It's got to be like Marcus essentially. Um, And it's, that's a tough sell too, because it's, I mean, he's a really good player for you guys. Uh, And that's, it's hard to just give up a good player for, potentially a better player right a player that fits better but like you're also taking that that potential away from your team and yeah i don't i don't know it's a tough sell and it it hurts the celtics that guys like um guys haven't hit i mean we talked about earlier how some draft picks haven't landed and for the celtics it just hasn't quite developed since they drafted jalen and jason yeah, like outside of Robert like, Williams, like Robert. Yeah, like Robert Williams, like has eventually figured some stuff out, which is cool. Took a right. while, but like Romeo Langford, right? Yeah. Aaron Neesmith, <laughs> be like this great shooter. It hasn't really worked out. It's Graham Williams, like I apparently figured out how to shoot this year. Like I don't know. Like he's give fine. It, he's been fine. Yeah, you know, give it time though. I'm not super enthused. Like. Peyton Pritchard's cool as like a backup yeah. point guard. Right. So like we know basically all he was. Like he's cool as a backup point guard. It's just like how have we somehow had pretty decent draft position actually, just because of trades and everything, and yet we still haven't come out with anybody besides Jalen and Jason. Right. You know? That's tough. It's tough to swallow that, and and it makes probably other front office guys, but including Brad Stevens, like. Are we trading guys for draft picks? Are we, you know, trying to do player swaps? Like, are we the team attaching like multiple guys? Are we, do we need depth? Because we do need depth. Like, we're relying way too much on like Josh Richardson, you know? I, I don't know. Damian Lillard, Celtic in the near future, yes or no? No. Oh, not yeah. doing the Jalen for Damian trade huh so i don't think you can do it um if portland was like better this year but like still disgruntled maybe but it's right now looking like he damian lillard cannot overcome at his age with his injuries like cannot overcome like these basically disastrous conditions which boston kind of has What you're saying, New York would be a great fit for Damian Lillard. The same exactly. same situation. I just, I, I mean, I, I think you have a meaning about it, right? You talk to your assistant GM. Sure. You talk to the rest of your front office, and I think you're right. I think the answer is no. I think you let the season ride out if you're the front office, because Jalen and Jason really have to prove that they don't work together. I don't know if there's enough evidence to say that it hasn't worked. 
um, before you break break them up, assuming you're going to trade Jalen Brown. Um, so I, it's a hard sell. It's hard to do midseason moves, and especially with the roster and cap uh, situation that Boston has. Um, but you would like to think that, you know, maybe there is one move that could be made during midseason to just kind of see if this team can get above 500. Yeah, uh, I definitely want us exploring. I just, I also don't feel like we want to do anything drastic right now. I feel like if this season keeps going the way it's going, though, drastic is going to be possible. Yeah, the next option. Yeah. Yeah, come the offseason. Yep. Well, that's all the New Year's resolutions we have uh, for this year. Uh, Matt, let's move on to League Pass Team of the Week. Who you got for this week? So I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. Um, Hopefully, we'll have enough guys to play all the games uh, moving forward. So they're going, they're on this West Coast trip right now. So they're going Golden State tomorrow, Portland. But it's Portland at home, so Portland might actually be good. And then Phoenix. So three, honestly, tough games for Miami. Right now, sitting pretty near the top of the East. Let's see if they can keep it up as they finish out their uh, West Coast road trip. So I'm going to go East as well, and I'm going to pick the Hawks. Because good Lord, you want to talk about kind of a dumpster fire of a year and a disappointing team? Atlanta Hawks are high on my list too. Um, this is a get right week. If you're the Atlanta Hawks, you're currently 16 and 19. Monday the third, you played the Trailblazers um, on the road. You have a West Coast trip here too. Then you play the Kings. Then you play the Lakers. And then Sunday you play the Clippers. And then next Wednesday they play your Heat, Matt. Yeah. Um, so if you can rattle off, there's four, four games there. If you can go three and one. You're 19 and 20 and looking to get back into the play-in, which they're not even in the play-in right now. Yeah, it's rough. Um, so kind of a rough go for Atlanta right now, and they've had some some issues with COVID as well. So three and one might be nice for them, but we'll see. Matt, do you before we sign off on episode 129, do you have anything else you want to add? No, oh, that Celtics bit gave me a massive headache. You're welcome. I just got to twist the knife. All those years you twisted the knife about Westbrook and Paul George and Katie and Paul George or Katie and Westbrook. I'm twisting the knife, Matt. Sure. I'm I'm trying to be positive in 2022, right? Positivity. Well, that lasted for about an hour. So you're welcome. (laughs) Anyways, uh, this is the end of episode 129. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on episode 120, and uh, we'll see you then. Yeah.